This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And away we go, hour number three of our radio program. That's right, it is the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. The Los Angeles Chargers season has been over for a while, but now it's like officially over. Because Justin Herbert's going to get surgery with the finger injury. He's out for the season, their final four weeks of the NFL season. But even if he was healthy and able to gut it out, the Chargers were going nowhere. And you look at disappointing teams in the NFL, the Chargers are one of the more disappointing teams in the NFL. Like, Buffalo has been disappointing. Maybe they're starting to get their act together, as we discussed. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, they're 7-6, and six, but they've been without Joe Burrow or Joe Burrow not at 100% for a big part of the season. You know, inside the AFC West, it's clearly the Chargers. NFC East, you can't really be disappointed with the Giants or the Commanders because we knew that neither of those teams were really all that entering the season. So you look around and it's like, all right, maybe Seattle in at 6-7. and seven. And let's see if they can turn around and make the playoffs. But the Chargers, we all knew going into this season that back in the offseason, Dean Spanos and the Spanos family were not going to fire Brandon Staley because he was two years into the job. Brandon Staley had um, won a pl- uh, got to a playoff game last year and choked it, but he at least got to the playoffs. Like It was one thing to miss the playoffs the first year in that terrible loss to the Raiders. All right, that's one thing. But then you make the playoffs and you have this big lead and you are a lock to win that game. You know, I'll never forget. I was in uh, Centennial, Colorado. I was visiting my sister and and my brother-in-law and my niece. And I'm watching that game. And you could use your imagination of what we may have been doing that was legal in Colorado, if you know what I'm saying. And I thought like someone was messing with the TV in front of me. I was laughing because it was so crazy to see the Chargers in that big spot. I know the Chargers always have that aura about them or that feeling about them. Oh, just wait. Something's going to happen. But with how bad Trevor Lawrence played in that first half, with a bunch of interceptions, 
with how big a 20-point lead, nearly a 30-point lead, and they choked that game, that was the end for Brandon Staley right there. But the Chargers, they looked at it as, all right, he has two years left on his contract. You know, I know everyone trashes him as a head coach. He's too aggressive, and and he makes some idiotic decisions. But, you know, we just made the playoffs. So you go from 9-8 and eight to 10-7, and seven, but still, even being 10-7 and seven was underwhelming for the Chargers because the Chargers have a top-10 quarterback on paper. You have, at the time, two really good wide receivers in Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. I know Williams is hurt this year. You had Austin Eckler the last two years. I know he's not playing great this year. But he's playing at a great level. And, yeah, there was injuries on the defensive side of the ball. But you have Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, and, and Derwin James. And this offseason, you added in Quinn Johnston, the wide receiver out of TCU. So there's a lot of talent there. You know, they've drafted in the on the offensive line with guys like Zion Johnson and Rashawn Slater. I know not everyone's been able to stay healthy. But you can't tell me right now that this team should be 5-8. and eight. I don't care. Like, right, Anthony Gallo, who runs around the, this office, and he's like a big Broncos fan. There's no one in the world that hates the Chargers more than him. Every year with that big baritone uh, voice and that burly-looking man with that uh, long beard that he has, he just trashes the Chargers. But he's right. Because you can't deny the talent on this team. But they don't have the right coach. And whether it was Phillip Rivers, Antonio Gates, LaDainian Tomlinson, and Sean Merriman, this has been now 20-something years of the Chargers having so much talent and they don't find a way to get the job done. Like, you go back, what year? It was 2006. The Chargers were like 14-2 and two in the regular season. You know, I, I Sean Merriman joins us a bunch in studio whenever he sits to the right of me. it Even though I love this game, I could still sense the pain from him about that game. They went up against the Patriots in the second round of the playoffs. And they were home. And they had the Patriots beat. Tom Brady threw a pick. And then whoever made the pick was running it back. And Troy Brown popped out the football. And the Patriots got the ball back. The Chargers lose that game. Right? You had Vince Wolfork going to the locker room. I think it was uh, Rosie Colvin. Roosevelt Colvin. They were doing the... Uh, that's a, a throwback name, right? Stu even just like, oh, that's a, that's a throwback <laughs> name. And you had the lights out dance. All the Patriots doing lights out dance. And you had LT at the podium. And I like LT. And LT was like, you know, it's a classless organization. And he's crying. And it starts with their coach to do the Sean Merriman dance. But that was another team. And that was another great Chargers team that had the talent. And they couldn't get the job done in a big game. You know, and I get it. Hey, the Patriots could have just been your kryptonite. And it was the Patriots' final Super Bowl. With Brady. That was the 2019 regular season. That playoff round, I was there, divisional round weekend in Foxborough. You couldn't find a soul leading up to that game that was picking the Patriots. And the Chargers, they came off that win up against the Ravens. It was the game where uh, the round prior, the Ravens fans were calling for Lamar Jackson to get benched in the playoff game and go back to Joe Flacco. The Chargers end up winning. They're looking like a good team. They have Phillip Rivers. One more run. Here they come. You got Keenan Allen. You got Bosa. 
Uh, who was the other rusher? Uh, Melvin Ingram, I, I think it was. You had him as well. Like, you had a good team. And a 1 o'clock game in Foxborough, I think it was that Sunday. I was at the game, too. And maybe the Saturday. I forget what it was. It was Saturday or Sunday. But it was the first game. That was 425 or it was 1 o'clock. And I remember sitting in this studio when I was on from 2 to 6 a.m. Eastern. And here's a, a throwback name. James Graceffo was screening the phone calls. And he hates the Patriots. Hates them. Big time Jet fan. And he's going nuts. I'm doing a show. And there's nothing more distracting as a host when you're doing a show and you look across the, the glass and the producer's doing something. And I see James is slamming the phone as miserable as could be. He's yelling. Dude, I thought this dude was going to explode. Like I thought his head was going to pop and he was he was going to be dead on the spot. And he's going nuts. I walk in. I go, dude, you're like, you're red. You're, you're orange. You're, you're, you're changing colors. What's up with you, Graceffo? He goes, this moron from Boston's on the line. He's telling me the Patriots are going to win the game by two touchdowns. And I'm yelling at him like, do you even watch football? He's going nuts. And I said, James, I go, you've seen this story before. You know they're going to win. I'm not saying they're going to win the game by two touchdowns, but they're going to win this game. And he goes, oh, you bass holes. <laughs> and I'm not even from Massachusetts, but I'm a Patriot fan. So he's just going nuts. Nuts, nuts, nuts. Stu thought he was going to have to dump that for a second. I said mass in, in front of that, just to be clear. Um, and he's going berserk. And the Patriots ended up winning the game. They blew him out. The game wasn't even close. I put my feet up in the 300 section at uh, Gillette Stadium. And watch the second half in a very comfortable way with a few adult beverages. But that's the Chargers. And here's the difference with the Chargers this year compared to all those other years. At least they were there. At least they were in the dance. At least they were invited to the prom. And even though if you were an ugly-looking dude, you at least thought to yourself, oh, maybe we got a chance to go home with the prom queen. Like, that's that was the Chargers. You know, they walk into the dance. Anything could happen. You know, not, not even a, an unattractive team. They'd always be dancing with a few people. And just when you think you're ready to, to close and go home, something would happen with the Chargers. So the Chargers this year, they on paper have the looks of a really good team. But they're not even going to get the invite. They're not even going to get a ticket. Not even going to get considered to go into the dance. And that's a reflection on the coaching staff because I don't want to put words in his mouth, but we've had Austin Eckler on this show a bunch. And Austin Eckler, I, I love him. But anytime he would talk positively about Brandon Staley on the air, I just would not believe what he's saying. And I think a lot of those guys heard the concerns about Staley also had those moments where like, what the heck is this guy doing with these analytics and he never just trusts his gut and he never understands football. And they were like, oh, but we won 10 games. We got to the playoffs. Yeah, we had this demoralizing defeat, so we understand him coming back. But when you have those feelings for the first two years where even though they had nine wins and 10 wins and it's getting dressed up as, okay, they're moving in the right direction, you could buy in or you could elongate understanding maybe if this guy could be the guy or not. 
But that, with that being said, there's always that doubt. And when bleep hits the fan like it has this year, you start to get some of the true feelings of people come out. And people start to say, man, we were right, even though we were fooled, and even though we were doubted, and even though we were told we were crazy. And then people start to quit. And I'm not accusing an individual player on this team of quitting, but there has, like, I'm not, by name, I don't know who it is. But they got to have more than a few guys that are already checked out and realizing we got so much talent. They're wasting this in the, with the Chargers. Now you know Herbert's done for the year. Staley stinks as a coach. It's embarrassing. They... If I was running the Chargers, and and I've said this on the air, I would have fired him after the Kansas City game. I would have fired him after that Kansas City game when they lost 31-17. to And that was going back to week seven. Because they started off the season 0-2. Their two wins to get them to 2-2 were, if you remember, the Vikings and the Raiders. In both those games, they should have lost. Because he was a dope, backed uh, up inside his own 35-yard line. And in both games, back-to-back weeks. I think one was at the 25 and then one was at the 35 in that realm. He goes for it. Gets denied on both of them. On fourth and one, fourth and two. And you had Kirk Cousins make the mistake and then Aiden O'Connell make the mistake. Now, Aiden O'Connell, Stu knows this, should have never thrown the football. You had Josh Jacobs at the damn three-yard line. Hand the ball off to Josh Jacobs. But you had Kirk Cousins and Josh McDaniel slash Aiden O'Connell make a mistake and let you off the hook to get you to two and two. And people are like, up, oh, we're going to the bye week. Up, oh, the Chargers have life. And then come out of the bye week, I know the Cowboys have turned into a good team and, and their season has aged well. But the Dallas Cowboys and the Chargers have been very similar. Except the Dallas Cowboys are like the store brand version, like, like the nice version. And they do a little bit better before they choke. And like the Chargers were like the, the, the knockoff brand. Like that's how I kind of compare it. Like, you have a fine brand that you know has a good reputation, but maybe it's not the best product. That's the Cowboys. And then you have, like, the knockoff version that you get for, like, 10 bucks online, and you think you get this great deal, and then after two months, you're like, oh, how the heck, uh, why the heck does this product don't work? And still in that game, both those teams were like the Spider-Man meme. They were pointing back and forth, and the, the Cowboys, when they were trying to lose the game, ended up winning the game. Then they go to Kansas City, and they lose 31-17. to And yeah, 2-4. and four. I would have fired him right there. I know people say, oh, but Zach, it's Kansas City this, blah, 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 blah. You can't beat Kansas City. When Kansas City was having a down year at that time, you, you got you to gotta get rid of the coach. You needed to change things because, quite frankly, they didn't impress me at all one time through their first six games of the year. But the Spanos family didn't do that. And now they're sitting here with a banged-up quarterback, unfortunately, he's done for the season, but it's already too late. They're 5-8. and eight. So I, I think one of these three names needs to be the head coach of the Chargers next year. Because I do believe the Chargers are an attractive job. You have to find a way to either get Bill Belichick, which is possible, because Belichick needs talent. I still believe he could coach. He needs talent. He'd be perfect for the Chargers. I would then also say, hasn't signed a long-term deal yet with Michigan, but it, it looks like it's trending that way from some reports. Jim Harbaugh would be wonderful for the Chargers. And if not, Ben Johnson aligns. That's the hottest name out of all these offensive and defensive coordinators that haven't been head coaches yet. He's the hottest name on the market. So I would consider him. You know, maybe Dan Quinn gets a call for that job potentially. You know, at least Dan Quinn got to a Super Bowl before he choked it. You know, Chargers get to a Super Bowl, they'd be very happy. But how they enabled this Staley guy for this long, it's crazy to me. And now the nail's already been kind of in the coffin. 
But maybe uh, you go, oh, maybe there's some naive thought that the body would just somehow wake up even though already after it's uh, pronounced dead. But now with Herbert done for the season, you can hammer the nail in that coffin. Uh, Who is it? Uh, The Bengals radio network that goes, coffin nails, bam, 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 on their radio broadcast. Now you can put the nail in the coffin and hammer that thing shut for Brandon Staley, and they got to get this next hire right. Because if not, you're going to continue to have a team that has all this talent, and eventually they'll get older, and eventually some of these guys will break down, and you will miss your window with a guy in Justin Herbert, who I believe is an exceptional quarterback in this league. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227, at Zach Gelb on Instagram and Twitter. I guess I'd have to start calling it X. I don't know about you guys. Do you call it X now? I, when I when I uh, watch shows or, or listen, I hear now a lot more people in the last few weeks refer to it as X, formerly known as Twitter, or just say X. Have we got to a point in society where we recognize Twitter now as X? Have I been wrong on this? No. No, I'm, I, still tweet, I still call uh, it Twitter. Twitter. I will always call it Twitter. Okay. Elon can call whatever the hell stupid letter number combination <laughs> yeah. he wants to call it. I'm calling it Twitter. Okay. Uh, Stu, where, where are you at? X, Twitter? I'm the same as Pat. I'm calling it Twitter forever. Now, have you guys had a phone update recently? No. Okay. I had a phone update about a month ago. Same here, I believe. And the um, blue bird? Says, it says X. Yeah, the blue bird is no more. Yeah, when, when you Bye-bye. look at When you look at X, every time I look down on my phone, I, I think it's a, a naughty website, if, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> like, I look at it. looks like a naughty website. Porn? Uh, Boyle, uh, come on. It's 5.16 in the afternoon, uh, right, getting ready for the evening, 2, 2.16 in the West Coast. You now we got children in the car here right now. If that's where your dirty mind goes to, fine. I just said it looks like a dirty website. That's all I said. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. This is Zach Yelp showing CBS Sports Radio. We'll come on back. We'll update you on some of the biggest stories in the world of sports with some audio as we get to a news brief. Okay. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Time for your daily news brief. We get you caught up on the rumors, reports, and reconnaissance from the day in sports. So the biggest story on yesterday's show was the Kansas City Chiefs crying over the officials just enforcing the rule. And my biggest gripe was Kansas City. And I get it. It's a teammate, so you don't want to throw your teammate under the bus. But whether it was Mahomes or Andy Reid, they didn't hold Kadarius Toney accountable. They just slammed the officials. How dare the officials not give us a warning? How dare the officials not give us a break? And they're going to call an offside, an offensive offside, and Mahomes threw a a temper tantrum after the game. Andy Reid enabled that behavior and also had some arrogance to him as if he was entitled to the referees to give Kadarius Toney a warning. Well, yesterday Mahomes backtracked some of that. He was on Sports Radio 610 with Carrington Harrison, good friend of the show, also does... Uh, weekend show here on CBS Sports Radio. Love Carrington. And his weekly spot with Mahomes. And Mahomes apologized for the way that he handled uh, his frustration with the officials after the game. You know, obviously, you don't want to react that way. I just, I mean, I care, man. I love it. I love I love this game. I love my teammates. And I, I want to go out there and put everything on the line to win. Um, but uh, obviously, can't, can't do that. I mean, can't be that way towards officials or really anybody in, in life. Um, so... I uh, probably regret acting like that, um, but more than anything, I mean, I, re- I regretted the way I, I acted towards uh, Josh after the game because he had nothing, nothing to do with it. And um, so I, I was, uh, I, I was still hot and emotional. Um, but you can't do that, man. It's not a great example uh, uh, for for kids watching the game. So uh, that that I was more upset about that than I was about me on the sideline. Man, I hate to say it, that's why he's so likable. Like, he acted the wrong way on the field. And I would rather prefer him to kind of keep the energy that he had, even though he was wrong, instead of walking it back the next day, even with how ludicrous I thought his actions were. But when he gives you the line, even though it makes me roll my eyes a little bit, it's not a good example for the kids. It's tough to say, oh, Mahomes is a jerk or Mahomes is a bad guy. And I think this was a, like, I don't think Mahomes is cocky or arrogant, but I do think that this is a humbling moment for Mahomes because he's been the rock star of the league. Like, no one besides yesterday out, or Sunday outside of jealousy ever had a reason to dislike Mahomes. And then the way that he acted after the game, it was like, all right, it's one thing to yell at the officials, but then when you're shaking hands with Josh Allen, you're telling him it's like the worst call you've ever bleeping seen. And you're yelling at Josh, like Josh Allen, not yelling at him, but yelling about your frustration to the officials to Josh Allen. I thought it was a little class. But then to quickly walk it back that way, yeah, you still wish you didn't do it, but it does make you say, okay, everyone realizes you're wrong. And I think for the first time in his career, he got a lot of pushback and a lot of negative things being said about the way that he handled that situation. And I think he realized, all right, everyone's telling me I'm wrong, so I was probably wrong on that. Here is Tuatunga Vailoa acknowledging that the Miami Dolphins could have been better on Monday Night Football in a game that they ended up losing to, to Tennessee. It's the NFL. Anything can happen. Um, we got to do a better job finishing the game. 
with the time that we had while we had the ball, um, not allowing their opposing team's offense to get that opportunity to go down and potentially score. Um, it's a team sport. Can't blame one side, but I would say from an offensive standpoint, there's things that uh, we could have done a lot better uh, to not have gone through what we've gone through tonight. Your offense is the reason why you lost the game. The defense got you a pick six. The defense also recovered a fumble. And then special teams also recovered a punt that was muffed. The offense, if it wasn't gifted great field position, wouldn't have scored two touchdowns. Both went to Raheem Mostert. And Tyree Kill got hurt and was in and out of the lineup. And then you see why Mahomes, or excuse me, why uh, Tua Tunga Vailoa is a good quarterback, but not a great quarterback. And when he's asked to carry the team without Tyree Kill, there's problems there. So that was on the offense last night. The line didn't play well, but even when they did hold up in protection, it, it looked like Tua Tunga Vailoa was scared last night. And that was a brutal offensive effort from the Dolphins. I know a lot of people are going to look back and they go, oh, but they're up 14 with three minutes to go, and you had a choke job. I, I understand that, but they never clicked in that game offensively. Here is Tyree Kill on his injury that he suffered at the end of the first quarter. It was a lot of pain, man. It was, it sucked. Like when, it, when it actually happened, you know, um, I, I obviously been dealing with some ankle injuries this whole season. And, you know, when it happened, like my, my first reaction was like, man, my, my ankle broke. Then my, my adrenaline kicked in, I ran off the field. And then I sat for a while and got stiff. Did you guys, by the way, see when he went down with the injury? Like, I think there's an easy way to help a teammate up. I don't know who the player was. I didn't catch it. I just saw it out out of the corner of my eye when I was watching both games. It almost looked as if the teammate who was trying to help him up didn't realize how hurt he was. And he tried to, like, throw him around (laughs) as if Tyreek Hill was a a ragdoll. It was not a, a graceful way to go about trying to help the most important player on your team and someone that was hurt in uh, in Tyreek Hill. Let's go to Mike McDaniel. All righty, let's hear from Mike McDaniel, right? A beloved person. And now this is a really bad loss for him. Usually he makes a joke or two with dealing with the media. He's a quirky kind of guy, uh, but he's coached his ass off the last two years. Let's hear from Mike McDaniel what went wrong. It was a legitimate team loss. I think everybody had their hand in it. Um, I don't think it was intentional. I don't think people uh, went through the motions during the week. I th- it was a really, really good week of practice, I thought. Um, but, you know, you had uh, you had a lot of yards given up in a short amount of time. You had um, a, a shorter field position um, and you had an offense that went three and out. I don't know why. Maybe it's because we're we're used to these, like, button-up coaches, these professional-sounding coaches. Whenever I hear Mike McDaniel speak, I still feel as if, like, I just don't get anything this guy's trying to say. Like, he was – I understood. He he was saying the team just did not perform well. I thought the effort was good throughout the week. But I always feel as if I'm on the outside of the inside joke with Mike McDaniel and everyone else understands Mike McDaniel – and I just, I just don't understand him. The guy's a good coach, though. What he's done the last two years has been a really good coach. You got to give him credit to that. But I wonder when they face some adversity how he's going to respond uh, moving forward. Let's go to Matt LaFleur on Jordan Love and the offense's performance last night in a Packers loss to Tommy DeVito and the New York Football Giants. For the most part, I thought uh, 
you know, we just we were off in the past game in general. It felt um, just missed a few throws here and there, which is going to happen. I thought it was I thought he was pretty resilient in his approach in terms of just continuing to battle and obviously threw a touchdown pass there at the end of the game. Had another one that you know we didn't come down with, um, but all in all, you know, consistently throughout the course of the game, just was not good enough. There were some ups, there were some downs. That's what happens when you're, I know he's not a rookie quarterback, but a quarterback his first true year as a starter. Ultimately, when the game was on the line, Jordan Love drove the team down the field, converted, I think it was two-third downs, and had a touchdown pass. So even with some good and some bad, he still found a way to give you the lead late, and then your offense quickly allowed Tommy DeVito to move the ball down the field and cook up some chicken cutlets to Randy Bullock, who's probably eaten a few of those Mama DeVito cutlets. And Randy Bullock looking big as a kicker. And what was he wearing? Number 45 or 46? Yeah, it doesn't help him either. You want you're a fat kicker. You gotta wear a single digit number. You wear the double digits. They really stretch out. He he looks stout, man. Yeah. Sebastian Janikowski is a big 11. boy. Eleven. He yeah. was eleven? That's eh. kind of a skinnying number. Well, ones aren't good on a big guy. You will never see me in a, in a in a jersey with the number one on it. Even if it has a number uh, another number with it. I just don't think one looks good on a tall or a big guy. Um, and zero also doesn't look good when you're a big fella as well. One number looks good. 69? On a big fella? Of course, Boyle <laughs> has to go there. You give a mouse a, a cookie, he wants a glass of milk. Dun dun. dun. Uh, on a big fella, 98, 99. All right. Good, so, good so you got number? a problem with 69, but you have no problem with 99. Eh, your, your joke was eh, the first time. Let's not go back to the wall. Let's not double down. Um... I don't know. What, what, so Bullock's what, 45, 46? 45, I think. And he already looks at a place for a kicker. I, I thought he was more of a linebacker than a kicker last night. So the kicker has a little toughness to him, and then he hits the game-winning kick. The bottom line is, though, the defense got to find a way to make a stop there. And you know, even through some of the shortcomings that the offense had in the game, they, they had a lead, and the defense let him down once again. Let's go know, to – yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, really, you know what Randy Bullock looks like? Who? Looks like Tony Romo. If Tony Romo did that challenge that the owner from P- uh, Papa John's where he just ate their pizza oh, every day yeah. for like three months, if Tony Romo did that, he would turn into Randy Bullock or Bullock. You you think he uh, he looks like Tony Romo? He's got some Romo in him. Wow. He's... You get his headshot from this year or whatever, last year when he was on the Titans, and then you click on it and it puts the Giants jersey on him. Mm-hmm. He's got some Romo in him, though. No? How much do you think he weighs? 240. So he's listed... At 210 right now. That's a joke. <laughs> I weigh 210. Do you really? Yes. Stand up. Because you have some muscle to you. Thanks. Um, yeah. I'm 5'11". Can... And how tall is uh, Randy Bullock? He's got to be a chode then. He's got to be like 5'8". We're in the afternoons. Relax, Boyle. Um, he is... Listen, it's 5'9". Five five nine. Nine. Uh, there you go. You know what? If you put on shoulder pads... I would look gigantic. You, I, I would way. actually, you know what? I think you and Randy Bullock could be in the same weight class. Get out of here, dude. Are you he, kidding maybe, me? Maybe he's 220 max? 220? He's 5'9". He's a whole two inches shorter. Oh, you're 5'7"? 5'11". Oh, you're not 5'11". Yes, I am. If you're 5'11", I, I think I'm 7'4". Come on, dude. 5'11"? I'm, you know I'm telling Act. the truth because I didn't say I was six feet. Yeah. <laughs> you know I'm telling the truth because I, I didn't say I was six feet. All right, Ak doesn't like to offend people, but Ak is also usually a good judge if someone's lying or not. You think he's 5'11"? Yeah, I do. Okay. I would say I would, may have legit. to get my tape measure out. I'd say you're more 5'10 than 5'11". 
But anyway, uh, let's go to Brian Dayball. He praises Tommy DeVito. We kind of watch your third game of over 100 quarterback rating. Made good decisions, took care of the ball, used him in a run game. We just keep developing him. He's, he's improving, still got stuff to work on. But, you know, like I said two, three times last week, I think he's a, a young player that's you know, doing the right things, um, making the most of his opportunity. Earned the right to play today, and he earned the right to play um, the next week. You know, he's kid's done a good job. He's got some Belichick in him, Dayball, where at least he gives you a quote, but you know that he's not going to try to give you too much when talking about the future of a, of a player. Uh, I thought this was the most awkward exchange of the press conference, though. Here is Brian Dayball getting asked if he had the uh, legendary DeVito family chicken cutlets. So the family before the game is serving 300 chicken cutlets in the parking lot to fans before you had Tommy DeVito go rock out MetLife Stadium last night and get that victory for the New York Giants. Here's an awkward exchange with the reporter and Brian Dayball. The editors want to know, uh, before I get to my actual question, since you're so, you love a food joke, have you had the DeVito family cutlets? No. You, you ne- he never brought them in? You never, you never have tasted nothing? Okay. No. I'm on a diet, Ryan. <laughs> Yeah, the chocolate chip cookies fit in there, Dave. I mean, come on now. So that's got to be Ryan Dunleavy. Because I know he covers the Giants. I I know Ryan uh, back when he was a beat reporter for Rutgers. So he's he's trying to get... He's he's probably writing a story about the chicken cutlets, is my guess. I did not read any any of uh, Ryan's content today. So you're trying to get Dayball to say something about the chicken cutlets. And right away, he goes, nope, never had him, which I guess is surprising to Ryan. So then he goes, wait, you never had him? He goes, I'm on a diet. And then he basically calls him a fat ass. I see you eating chocolate chip cookies all the time. Are those chocolate chip cookies in the diet? Now, I don't know the relationship that they have. He's there every day. So coach, reporter, they, you know, they probably talk a decent amount. But that's a ballsy thing to say with a lot of people watching this press conference in a public setting. Hey, you're on a diet? Well, maybe his wife's forced him on a diet too. And maybe he has a secret stash in the office or in the facility of the chocolate chip cookies. And he just ratted out Brian Dayball for eating too many of those chocolate chip cookies. Now, here's my question. Does Randy Bullock have the secret stash of Brian Dayball's chocolate chip cookies as well? Randy Bullock's got a Brinks truck of chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> he made it made by chocolate chip cookies. They're coming over by the boatload. Will we get a Stephen A. Smith take? On uh, Randy's uh, posture, Randy's uh, physique, like he did about Zion Williamson the other day. That was a little, like, we're having a little fun talking about Randy Bullock looking like a linebacker. Stephen A going after Zion Williamson? He he said that he ate the, 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 the table at the buffet. Not just the buffet. He ate the table where the food was being served on. That was wild from Stephen A. Smith. Ain't wrong, though. He's feeling himself. Yeah. Well, he was, he was also saying, I saw a belly. I saw a belly move when he was at the free throw line. All righty, that's the uh, news brief. It is the Zach Yelp Show on CBS Sports Radio. We will uh, take a timeout. We'll come on back. Uh, we will talk more about Patrick Mahomes apologizing and also a lot of quarterbacks injured this year. Who we believe in long-term in to have a little redemption story when they come on back. Your body, yeah. 
Hey, this is Howie. And this is Nick. From We're the Factory, Factory Boys. Boys. And you're listening to the Zach Gelp Show on CBS Sports Radio. And guess what? Zach is back. All right. He's live. He's nationwide on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Zach Gelb Show. So let's talk uh, a little bit about the future of some quarterbacks that have been injured this year. Uh, Joe Burrow, done for the season. Kirk Cousins, done for the season. Anthony Richardson, done for the season. Deshaun Watson, Daniel Jones, Justin Herbert, all done for the season. And then Aaron Rodgers. I think he's done for the season. But then TMZ is talking about how he's not that far off from being uh, cleared for game action. But who the heck knows? I would be shocked still if Aaron Rodgers plays this year. The only reason why he's playing is just to show that he's better than everybody else and look how quick he recovered. You already proved the point that you're back on the practice field and you're throwing the football. To go back with this team where the offensive line is a hot mess um, and also you don't have a team that's going to make the playoffs, I don't see what the incentive would be other than to just give the middle finger to everybody and have everybody kiss your ass why Aaron Rodgers would play another snap this season. So let's look at the future of these QBs with the team that they're on and what we expect next season. Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert, I know he has a finger injury, and now he's done for the year, but he should be kissing the feet of whoever his new coach is because instantly it would be better than Brandon Staley. Like if we're in a spot next year at this time where we're talking about the new coach of the Chargers, and they're worse than Brandon Staley, there is just no hope moving forward for the Los Angeles Chargers. Like, I still believe in Herbert. I still believe that the Chargers can get it right. And what I mean by get it right is be a consistent playoff team. I don't think they're going to win a Super Bowl. I'm not even going to say they're going to get to an AFC Championship game. But when you get rid of Staley and his incompetence, whoever you bring in, it's going to just be like an immediate exhale that's going to be let out and a deep breath that will be let out by these players. Like you look at Joe judge, Joe judge, his first year with the giants, he was praised. And then year number two was a disaster, but he was like a hard ass, a tough coach to play for. Didn't know how to relate to human beings. And the roster didn't really much change from the last year of Joe judge to what Brian Dable had last year with the giants, but the win total did. Because it was a new life. It was a new jolt of energy that was brought to that organization. And players knew that they didn't have to deal with all that did come with the bad head coach. And look, the Giants last year, against all odds, made the playoffs. And then got into the the second round of the playoffs before losing to the Eagles. Aaron Rodgers, out for the season. I think Aaron Rodgers next year is going to win comeback player of the year. Um, I know there's still a chance to come back this year, even though I, I don't think it's going to happen. But I do believe the Jets will be in the playoffs next year. And I believe that Aaron Rodgers is going to be comeback player of the year. Daniel Jones. Oh, man. How about this Tommy DeVito story? It is really special. But it's probably going to allow Daniel Jones to have another year as the quarterback of the Giants. I know they just gave him a new deal. But you will probably end up finding a way to see Daniel Jones starting next year. Because you're moving further and further away from position to go snag uh, Jaden Daniels or go snag Caleb Williams or Drake May as well. Deshaun Watson, next year is an enormous year for Deshaun Watson because it's been a long time since we've seen Deshaun Watson play at a high level. 
And, like, you got to go back to, what, 2020 when they were losing all those games and didn't play 2021, was out for most of 2022 with the suspension, and then this year gets hurt. And when he got hurt, he just finally put together a good game. But Joe Flacco has come off the couch and had a great game last week. So for Deshaun Watson, Stefanski showed he could coach. We'll see if Nick Chubb is going to be back next year. And that's a big loss for him with the health problem. Where is, where is he going to be now? Two big injuries. But I don't want to hear any more excuses for Deshaun Watson. That team pays him too much money. All guaranteed. They give up too many draft picks. He's got to have a monster season next year. And I just don't believe in him anymore as a quarterback. Because it's been a long time since he was a top seven quarterback. And he put up great stats that 2020 year, even when they only had four wins. But you're probably only going to be a good quarterback at best moving forward because it's been too many years since being a really great quarterback. Joe Burrow, as long as he gets protected, uh, that team, and as he can stay healthy, that team is a Super Bowl contender. Kirk Cousins, I actually, when he got hurt, I thought that was it for him in Minnesota. Now I think he's going to be back with the Vikings, and they could have the looks of a playoff team once again uh, with Jefferson and Addison. They may make the playoffs this year. And then Anthony Richardson, you know, I think the Anthony Richardson one is so exciting because he was playing really well before he suffered two injuries and then one knocked him out for the season. But with Shane Steichen, Shane Steichen did a wonderful job with Jalen Hurts. Um, had a little bit of a of a carryover or uh, crossing a pass with uh, Justin Herbert with the Chargers, I believe. And early on, he was having success with Anthony Richardson. And now he's maybe leading a team to the playoffs that has barely had Jonathan Taylor and his starting Gardner Minshew. Now, I don't know if Richardson could put it together, but he has the right coaching. And I'm really curious to see when healthy, what he could do next year. All righty, let's end the uh, the show on the phones. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Let's go to Mike in Baltimore uh, next up on CBS hey, Sports how you Radio. Doing, Chief? Yeah, go ahead, Mike. What do you got? Oh, what I got is this. Um, with all this money that they're playing these NFL players, mm-hmm. I mean, he's talking about just in our division, NFC North. Yeah. We're looking at almost a billion dollars worth of quarterbacks. Okay. Okay, we down to just one now. Okay, and I think the league's going to change because of this. I mean, having these players that's supposed to be top physical specimen condition is not in condition to do a half a season. So, so you so, think the quarterback salaries are going to go down? I, I think so. If you got backup quarterbacks constantly getting into the postseason, getting them to the Super Bowl, I mean, the people, the fans, is going to eventually figure that out. I mean, the, the, the salaries keep rising on these quarterbacks. And the production of it is getting it's getting less and less. Yeah, but how many of those teams are actually going to win a Super Bowl? Like, oh, right. like for it's example, right. hold, hold on, hold on, hold on, Mike. I'll let you finish. Like the oh. Eagles lost Carson Wentz; they won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles. Uh, the Giants right. lost Phil Simms; they won a Super Bowl with Jeff Hostetler. Um, right. The Rams lost their quarterback; then won a Super Bowl with Kurt Warner. The Patriots right. now they lost Drew Bledsoe. They won a Super Bowl with Tom Brady. But look at what Werner turned into. Look at what Brady turned into. Uh, Nick Foles only had really success for two seasons, and uh, mm-hmm. Hostetler wasn't overall this successfully great quarterback. So mm-hmm. I look at it. I don't think the quarterbacks are going away because that search to find that great quarterback. And what the last twenty years, most of the quarterbacks that have won have been all-time great quarterbacks. Whether it was Brady, Manning, Mahomes, Breeze. Um, Eli Manning as well. Like usually, you need a, a great Hall of Fame quarterback to win. Okay, you got okay. Then you got the last night game. To my disappointment, the yeah. Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins, right? One player, just one, was out. Yeah, and that was Tyree Kill. So, so your Tyree point, Hill. your, your okay, point should so be this. 
So, so your no, point no, no, should I'm be not, this. I'm not comparing any day. Hold on, hold on. I'm not comparing any day. Okay. But if you're a great quarterback. But two, but two well, is not a great quarterback. That much of a difference in your production. But but that's that's the disconnect, and this is what your point should be. The good quarterbacks okay. get paid like great quarterbacks. That's the problem with the system, and that's why when the good quarterbacks are making forty forty five million dollars a year, then what do you actually pay a great quarterback? But the NFL pays good quarterbacks great quarterback money, and I don't think and Tua hasn't got a new deal yet. But Tua's not a great quarterback. He's a good quarterback. In my opinion, let's go to, uh, is this Francois? I believe in uh, Dallas next up. Sorry, your name was cut off on the screen. Francois, go ahead. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. It's my first time calling to your show. And I, I just, I wanted to say one thing, but I'm going to say this in response to the last quarter caller. You're absolutely right. I mean, the market for quarterbacks in the national football league was made by the owners, not mm-hmm. the players. So if the market says that you should make X, that's what you make. Agreed. Hundred percent. Great point. Based on based on the owners that started it, right? So the caller's point is invalid. Mm-hmm. The other thing I want to say is I don't see why Patrick Mahomes started wetting the bed over a call that should have been made. You can't line up offside and expect the ref not to call it. You That's know what it is, happening. Francois? Because I don't think it's really his frustration with the official. It is more so that down deep he knows, even in a game where where he does not have a great offense, they need everything to go right. And Absolutely. And, and Kadarius Tony, and I, I hate to cut you off, but I'm I'm out of time on the show today. Kadarius Tony making that mistake. I don't think his frustration was actually at the officials, even though he portrayed it that way. It was more so we don't have the pieces this year to make life easier for him. And we've seen Brady win a bunch and. Uh, Without the greatest wide receivers, Mahomes just did it last year, but he knows how difficult it is to win. All righty, that's the show. We out. Bye-bye. Peace. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.